0: Welcome to today's discussion, CIOs as Trusted Leaders of Transformation, sponsored by Grant Thornton. Now here's your host, Jason Miller. Welcome to the discussion today. My guest is Laverne Council, the National Managing Principal for Enterprise Technology Strategy and Innovation at Grant Thornton. Laverne, thanks for joining us and welcome to the program.
1: Hi, Jason. Thanks for having me. Let me set a little context for our discussion today.
0: Six out of the 27 major agencies have acting chief information officers. Changes in the CIO ranks of the last two years have come fast and furious, from the most recent at HHS and Interior to the longest-serving acting CIO at the Commerce Department. Many agencies have new technology executives who face both internal and external challenges on the top of their steep learning curve. The turnover in the CIO role can be attributed to many reasons. Changes in agency leadership, new opportunities in the private sector, or just good old-fashioned retirement after decades of federal service. All these changes can lead to a slowdown in priorities, especially as the administration is starting to gain some real traction around IT modernization and cybersecurity. And when a new CIO comes into the agency, they have to learn how to balance many of the regulations, the sometimes slow and arduous contracting processes, and of course, the funding cycle that does not always allow for agility, flexibility, or course correction. So what can CIOs do to tackle their challenging role that continues to become critical to agency mission success? How how can they develop IT strategies based on data and that builds trust in the modernization efforts. Well, that's why we have our guest here, Laverne Council, the National Managing Principal for Enterprise Technology Strategy and Innovation at Grant Thornton and a former CIO herself at the Veterans Affairs Department. Laverne, let's just start the beginning of of our conversation. There's a big challenge to be CIOs probably today more than ever. Give me a sense of what you see as as maybe why the CIO role has been evolving and why it just continues to grow in terms of the challenges around it.
1: Well, the interesting thing about the CIO role is that it's changing – both in the public sector as well as in the commercial sector. Technology has become a larger and larger part of our lives. It is how we do our work. And frankly, it is a core process for everyone now. And so as the CIO has to take on more responsibility, their ability to have have more agility, to manage through many different kinds of crises, especially as we all know with cyber and data security, but also to bring forward new solutions that will drive more efficiency and productivity for the organization. Their whole role and world changes almost daily, and they're expected to be able to be agile given the different changes that are required of them.
0: You mentioned the agility and the flexibility, and I think that's a key piece to a CIO's role. It's not just a matter of... I'm going to do this, and this is the path I'm going down, mm-hmm. but I'm going to take two steps down this path, then I'm going to turn right, then I'm going to turn left a couple steps. Mm-hmm. So maybe talk about the need to create that strategy and execute on the strategy that kind of lives inside that that flexibility, the agility, and, and the constraints in their world.
1: That's an interesting role. When you think about it, with technology changing every day, how do you have the ability to foresee what's going to come down the pike? You really don't. What you do know is there are certain paths you need to be on and you need to get your resources, your team, your suppliers, everyone that brings that whole solution together to work as one and also to realize there might come a time when we have to take that left or right turn. It's really tough when there's a short use of money. You know, you have a year, you have two years' money, you, you really don't have the ability to think long term, but you can be very successful by having a clear understanding of where the roadmaps are going where technology is leaning, and how can you have your people prepared to go down that path. The CIO really has to be the business leader for IT. They have to drive the direction that technology is going, but as the business goes, as the agency goes, as the mission goes. So their world is a lot more complex than it used to be. However, if the CIO really understands the mission, really has a good grasp of the resources, and has a clear way of communicating what they're thinking, they can be very successful.
0: I want to tag back to your role at the Veterans Affairs Department when you were CIO. When you got there, you had a specific set of priorities, yeah. one of them we talked about many times during your two plus years at, mm-hmm. uh, at the Veterans Affairs Department was, was cybersecurity. So let me just let's pick that off for a second. Let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit cybersecurity. When you got there, maybe talk about how you established the mission, the resources and the clear communication.
1: It was a really a, a requirement. As everyone knows, the VA's mission is a critical one in the country. Serving the veteran couldn't be a better mission. It couldn't be a better rule or responsibility as a CIL. However, the IT agency was seen as a, a material weakness for the organization. And um, frankly, there was a real want and a real need not to have that any longer be the case. So You know, when you're dealing with an agency that size, you have to sort of what I call chunk out the problem. Um, You can't avoid it. You've got to figure out how to go at it. You've got to figure out what resources you have, what kind of people you have that understand it, but also what do you need to plan for for the future? What's the impact to the veteran? What's the impact to the various groups and functions that need the security? And how are you going to be more agile? And frankly, I can tell you that the resources at the VA really rose to the occasion and helping to make sure we were more agile, we put in a very strong, crisp process and a very strong process to remediate many of the issues. And as you know, Jason, the team has made a really a, a, a 180 turnaround as it relates to being a material weakness. And that requires a combination of um, alignment with the resources, great understanding of security and the solutions, and also being able to leverage the FISMA standards and the NIST regulations to the best of the ability of the VA.
0: When you develop that strategy, and I think we talked about it shortly after, you may have spoken at an event or maybe we caught up on an interview. And I remember you mentioned that you're developing a cybersecurity strategy. And and I think the reason why I want to go down this path a little bit is I think putting a finer point on it will help our listeners Mm -hmm. understand kind of how to do something. Because we can all talk... Write a strategy. Know your mission. <laughs> have your resources, and yeah. and that's that's great. But we all hear that. So yeah. so dig a little deeper for me, and, and offer me what what did you where did you start with that enterprise strategy? And let's use yeah. again, let's use cyber as as maybe the starting point because I think sure. this can apply to IT modernization. This can apply to workforce. This can apply to almost any topic.
1: It's critical. You know, even with our enterprise technology strategy and innovation practice. We focus on enterprise IT strategy, and cyber is one of them. And the first thing we had to do was really understand what made up cybersecurity at the VA and any organization have to do that. What makes up cybersecurity? Cyber is not one thing. It includes the education. It includes the DMZ. It includes insight. It includes patching. It includes your processes. So we at the VA identified 10 core areas that made up cybersecurity for the VA, And then proceeded to figure out what were the weaknesses and strengths of each area? How are we going to educate and keep it evergreen, which means always new, always updated, always training? And how are we going to ensure that each area talked to the other as the change occurred? With 10 different areas, that's a critical, critical need for better coordination and tight teamwork. Under the leadership of the CISO, the CIO, and all the deputy CIOs, we're able to really define a core set of capabilities across all 10 of those areas. So it's never just this one thing, and I think that's what makes it really hard for CIOs when they're trying to explain cyber. Everyone thinks, well, if if I just change my password to a really strong password, I got it covered, right? No. (laughs) If I just stay ahead of the next patch, I got it covered, right? Well, no, that helps, but it doesn't cover everything. You know, it's, it's how you put in your solutions. It's how you think about technology. It's how technology works with the people that work with it. A big part of cyber is not so much something happening to you. It's how people utilize the systems, the mobile capabilities they have, and how they themselves keep themselves from being fished or spoofed or doing things that, frankly, allow capabilities and, and and vulnerabilities to come into an environment. It generally is not some bad person figuring out how to come in, it's some good person not figuring out how to keep somebody out.
0: Your current role at Grant Thornton is working with CIOs and other technology executives mm-hmm. in the public sector, but also the private sector. Mm-hmm. Offer me some insights from a private sector perspective. They're having the same challenges, they're having the same problems, mm-hmm. and talk maybe a little bit about the how you work with them. To overcome some of these 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 big obstacles
1: our practice is very different it is a a public and private kind of practice and the reason we did that was to ensure that we were understanding the needs in the government and leveraging those in the private industry because frankly nothing's bigger than government right but then on the private side the ability to have to address some of the issues they have to address is very different and many times can be a little more aggressive than what you might see the government sector able to do we want we bring experts together Together, that have experience like myself in this area with tied experts that have a great consulting and framework and methodology skill. When you put them together, we're able to say, I would not follow that strategy because nine times of 10, you're not going to be as successful if you could think about this differently, A, B, or C, we can get you there faster. The whole objective today, especially with technology changers, is you have to move quicker. If you take long, you probably are going to be wrong. And that's sort of just my tagline. Because at the end of the day, things are changing so quickly that you don't want to just be fast. You want to be smart. You want to be agile. But you also want to be as accurate as you can. And so sometimes being very slow brings you a great deal of risk. And, and the ability to sort of leverage all of your opportunities and think about where I can really make that change is so important. So, you know, when you think about when we're working in the private sector, um, the CIOs are concerned about the same things, but they have a different kind of financial standing. Um, they have capital budgets. And so their dollar spends go a lot further and a lot longer than some of the governmental dollars. But the, the risk they take are the same risk that you have in the government sector. They have to maintain a great customer relationship. And the first time that they lose that customer's data, generally you see the CIO as the first person that's walked out the door. So um, the issues are real for them. And what they work with is really trying to ensure that their people are trained. People forget there's resources that are involved along the, uh, the the gambit of this. And the biggest issue most CIOs will tell you they, sh- they really struggle with is ensuring that they can give their folks the insights and the resources they need to be good at their job and ensuring they can keep the numerous numbers of technical devices that they have around their environment up to date, patched in the right way, and ensuring they don't have vulnerabilities. It is incredibly tough with the Internet of Things, And with the various number of items that now become part of the Internet, I often remind people if they just look at their Wi-Fi in their own home and they look at how many devices are now connected to it that they didn't even think about from their thermostats to their cable systems to the phone that walked in with someone else, um, they start to get a different idea about what happens in agencies and companies when you think about that and the vulnerabilities that come in just with people nowadays. You brought up people a couple times. That's a great place to
0: uh, kind of take a quick break. When we come back, we can talk about that people uh, challenge for CIOs. You're listening to CIOs as Trusted Leaders of Transformation, sponsored by Grant Thornton, on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 a.m. Here's Linda Miller, Fraud Risk Mitigation Practice Lead at Grant Thornton on using data to fight fraud in government programs. The people that work at VA are really passionate about helping veterans. So when we talk to them, we're doing this fraud work there. We said, well, what happens in this situation? They would say, well, the veteran calls and we'd say, well, how do you know it's the veteran? And there was just a pause. What do you mean? They said they're the veteran. Why wouldn't they be the veteran? There's just this lack of skepticism that it might not be the veteran. For the full discussion, visit federalnewsradio.com, keyword data chaos. Welcome back. You're listening to CIOs as Trusted Leaders of Transformation, sponsored by Grant Thornton on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Laverne Council, the National Managing Principal for Enterprise Technology Strategy and Innovation at Grant Thornton. So, Laverne, before break, we're talking a little bit about your role at, at the VA and, and some of the lessons you're pulling into your new clients like mm-hmm. Grant Thornton. And one of the things you brought up several times was this idea of workforce, the, mm-hmm. the people. When you talk about cybersecurity, it's, it's about the people. When you talk about IT modernization, it's about the people. So maybe talk a little bit about that connection for the CIO of how to ensure that they have the right people, but also the right technology at the same time.
1: that That's the real balancing game that everyone's playing. When you think about where technology is going – the whole level of area of digital and digital trust. And people say, what's digital trust? Well, the core to digital trust is the employee itself. And what we're getting at there is that in order for the organization to have a trusted digital capability, guess what? You have to have people that are engaged in the change processes that occur in an organization that feel as though they're part of the solution, not that the solution is to disable them, but they're there to enable Growth, they're there to enable innovation, that they feel accountable, um, that they feel like the level of teamwork is inclusive of them, and that they really have an opportunity through transparency of the CIO to understand where they're going and what's expected of them. Um, as everyone knows, getting great people is harder and harder. Um, keeping great people great is also as hard. And so you have to make sure that you're investing in folks that you're sharing with them where where technology is going and helping them to stay evergreen. There is a continuous learning process right now in technology that makes it an interesting space, an exciting space to be in, but also one that if you're not having those kind of trusted conversations with your workforce and preparing them for all the possibilities of change, that they can feel overwhelmed and underutilized.
0: Talk a little bit about how you have that trusted conversation from a CIO's perspective. Yeah. And then I'm going to flip it on you and say, how do you have it from a CIO's employee's perspective? Start sure. with the CIO.
1: Well, the CIO is just like any other chief executive, right? You have a responsibility to your resources, first and foremost, to make sure that you can do the things that the organization needs to have done and meet the mission. What I always say is the best teams that I've ever had a chance to manage have four core characteristics. They have a great level of understanding of teamwork. Um, they have a great sense of accountability. Um, they act in a transparent manner, which means there's a great flow of communication and openness as to where they're going. And ultimately, they, they thrive on innovation, right? And innovation means that you're trying different things. You may not always be succeeding at them, but you're willing to try. And the leadership gives you the kind of air cover to try. When you have those kinds of characteristics in your organization, guess what? You can have that conversation with folks. And I can remember in my experiences people saying, you know, I just appreciate that you told me the truth. I just appreciate you talk to me like an adult. Yeah, I might not have liked. Where we're going because it had some kind of impact on me. That wasn't something I wanted to do, but I appreciated the fact you respected me enough to tell me the truth and then help me to figure out what that meant to me and how I can make my decisions. I think the more you can do that, the more you gain people's respect, but also give them a chance to get their footing in place so that they can be part of that digital trust solution everyone's thriving for.
0: On the other side of the coin is the employee itself. The employees have to do certain things. They have to be open-minded, I would imagine being part one. But there's other things that you've seen that employees do that have worked well to build that digital trust. And then there's things that you've said, oh goodness gracious, maybe it's time for you to go. Yeah.
1: It's it's funny. I've always been the employee too, right? So even if you're the leader, you're also an employee, and
0: we all work for somebody. We all
1: work for somebody, right? And and so at the end of the day, you've got to be always thinking about, especially in the areas of technology, what is it I need to be learning? What is it I need to be reading? How much do I need to be investing in my own capabilities and thoughts? And and I tell people, you know, part of being a human being is that you're in a constant circle of learning and education and technology really drives that every day. Something is changing in the tech world. It doesn't mean that you're going to be working with the newest of the new, but it does mean that you need to have some perspective on what that might mean, what you might need to bring to the table, how you might think about your area differently. And oftentimes when new technology comes out and it's, it replaces, um, a new process, it creates a whole nother set of work. And most people say, oh, it just eliminates jobs. The fact is new technology will eliminate about 1.8 million jobs by the year 2020, but it's going to add 2.5 million jobs in the same time frame. So the jobs are shifting and the best thing you can do for yourself. And frankly, the most exciting thing I try to do for myself is sort of stay evergreen. You know, technology, many times people will say, oh, that's that's a young person's game. Well, guess what? I'm not getting any younger, but I can play the game. So I'm having fun with it.
0: I think that's a great point. You say that even though some jobs are going away, other ones are being developed, and and you're seeing that with this uh, the Trump administration, what they're doing with the trying to the federal workforce modernization mm-hmm. piece, big pusher on the cybersecurity workforce. Mm-hmm. Specifically moving off that low value to high value mm-hmm. and, and then trying to use technology like automation, robotics process automation to get to get agencies to kind of move off of that old work from a CIO's perspective as they're leading this uh, is the biggest thing that they have to do is is reassure their, their workforce that we're not getting rid of you, that, that the robots are not coming to take your job. <laughs>
1: Yeah. The the robots are not coming to take your jobs. The robots are here. The robots have been here, by the way, for over 30 years. And, and what robots learn and what anyone learns in AI is what we know. People seem to forget that um, computers and uh, capabilities are taught to them by human beings. And it's so important that the workforce bring all the diversity and inclusiveness to that solution that's needed to create the kind of AI that's inclusive itself. You know, I I speak a lot on on where technology is taking us and the growth related to it. And by the year 2050, we'll add $15.7 trillion to the economy just on AI, nothing else. So what is that saying? That's saying that the people that think about these things, that understand how to think, that understand how to make decisions, have to ensure, one, that that robot is doing the right thing because it only does what you tell it. Two, that you're creating digital trust. And as I was mentioning before, this is so critical because this is the biggest issue around growth in the digital space. And what makes up trust is made up of four core things, secure and reliable technology, consumer confidence, the partner alignment and third party partners. Everyone's using them now to get their jobs done. And then back to that employee well-being. And let's talk about each of those for a minute here. When you talk about secure and reliable technology, um, as we all know, having our our data taken and utilized by bad actors is so offensive to you. It it, it sticks to your core and you feel like you can't really trust the organizations that should protect you. In fact, only 6% of Americans think that the government agencies can keep their information secure. 6%, that's not acceptable. And so what you have to do is ensure that your technology will work as intended and that the data is being used as intended, and you're only keeping and utilizing what you truly need. In addition, on the consumer confidence, consumer confidence and data protection right now is pretty low. And the fact is 78% of consumers don't trust how their data is being used, and that number is trending up, not down. Uh, So as people think that you're doing things with their information that they don't want, guess what? The trust factor goes down. And then the third area is partner alignment. And this is one that has a big impact. Every single organization, including my own, gets work done with using partners. We have folks that we work with, and we rely on those folks to maintain the same level of quality and, and um, security with the information that they use, but also their processes maintain in the same high level of standards. When that breaks down, it affects you as well. It's not just not the partner. I'm sure you've heard many of the stories of late where data has been hacked and they'll say, well, it was this store, but it wasn't them. It was their partner who had responsible for this. Well, guess what? All the, the employee, the partners, the consumer confidence and how the technology use all drive what we know as digital trust. If that trust corrodes, then guess what? People are not working with technology in the same way. We're not getting the efficiency out of it. And frankly, we're not asking ourselves the hard questions to maintain the fact that that data can be trusted, that the processes can be trusted, and that you can utilize the information in the way that it was meant to be used to drive productivity and to increase our insight in solving some of the most difficult problems in the country today.
0: I want to go back to one of the things you said: consumer confidence. And I think that's a new term, if you will, for many agencies. Mm-hmm. I think for the last fifteen or twenty years, you've heard agencies talk about their customers and talk and look externally at, at how do we serve our customers. But in this age of DevOps, in this age of iterative development, and and now this idea of user centered design and the user experience, all that's creating kind of a new look for agencies. Mm-hmm. And and if they don't have that confidence of their customer, right. then that also hurts their ability to, to meet their mission. Yes, so maybe go a little deeper into that because we're just about out of time, but I didn't want to leave off sure. without kind of addressing that, that big issue because CIOs,
1: as you said, have to be business partners. You know, the whole um, customer center or user center design is critical. Um, It's it's not it's no longer about what I think should happen It's about how you interface and what you think should happen and right now the you is the American citizen In many cases the you is the actual user of how they get their work done And so you have to really put the person in the center and think very differently about what to deliver and how it actually will be used This is one of my favorite topics.
0: This has been a great conversation Unfortunately though, we are out of time. So let me thank my guest Laverne Council, the National Managing Principal for Enterprise Technology Strategy and Innovation at Grant Thornton. Laverne, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you, Jason, for having me. You've been listening to the discussion, CIOs as Trusted Leaders of Transformation, sponsored by Grant Thornton, on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I've been your host, Jason Miller. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsradio.com and search Data Chaos. Listen to the entire discussion, CIOs as Trusted Leaders of Transformation, sponsored by Grant Thornton at federalnewsradio.com.